The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome, my brother, my brother, me, an advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, 30 under 30, Griffin McElroy. It's coming in hot, folks. I'm sure you've seen it blowing up the TVs and your mobile devices. It's finally almost here. So close now. Thor Ragnarok. This is a Thor Ragnarok watch. Just checking the buzz. Uh, checking out all the uh the buzz around Thor Ragnarok. Finger on the pulse of this hot body of now, Thor. Boys, I'm so excited to talk about this because I got to see a special preview screener, uh, two days ago. Oh, great! How's my huge friend doing, Thor? Well, he's doing good, and let me tell you, I can give. Okay, leaning close. Here's some special insights I can give you. One, he's dreamy. Yes. Two, he's creamy. He's creamy. They have really leaned into Thor, the broiest Avenger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, in a good way. In a good, good way. Um, okay. I will also say that as I watched the movie of uh, the preview screen, I mean, I liked to imagine that there would be someone who would go to see this movie who knew nothing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and had never read a comic book before in their life, and maybe didn't even know anything about Norse mythology trying to make either heads or tails of this movie, and it made me very happy because of how often this ends. Now, who's this beefy fellow would pop up in their heads? Now, Just a lot of beefy boys. How many a lot beefy of beefy friends, boys. How many beefy friends? Give me an exact number. I would say, Griffin, um, all the hamburger buns are empty because all the beef is in this movie. Well, Now, I... I that's not a number. 12... Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're just a a few days. This came out on November third, so we're getting close to release here on December fourth. Uh, American uh, release. It came Amer- out uh, in, I believe, Japan, November third. Yes, okay. they love the huge man Thor and all yeah. of his much smaller friends, except for the green one who can sometimes green buddy. get bigger. It's uh, large man Thor and green buddy, and my green is- friend now- the Hulk or Bruce. I saw that Bruce is in the film, and I heard that there's a scene where he says, why do we need, Thor says, why do we need the strong man here? I am strong. Yeah. We do not need two of the strong men. Uh-huh. Bring me someone who can fly, or perhaps a laser boy. And they, he, Thor doesn't understand why there, there needs, needs to be another two strong very, man. And, and let's talk about Avengers composition. Let's talk about it team comp in, in terms of tank, DPS, healer, right? There's just like... There's vision, right? He can go through walls. That's fun. Hawkeye shoots a bow and arrow and sometimes says really sexist stuff. And then there's then there's uh, Black Widow who does all kinds of uh, flips and spins. Rogue. And then we have like, and Iron Man's got beams. And then there's like four strong men. 
It's like, do we need four of just, what do you do? The strong. I do strongness. Now, Trav, tell me about the scene. I heard there's a scene where Thor says, um, you may be strong, Hulk, Bruce, but I have this hammer. Uh-huh. And then Hulk takes the hammer and Thor says, I'm no longer needed and I will step away. Yes. And then he retires. Yeah. And you know, that comes five minutes into the movie. Wow. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is Hulk as Thor. And they keep calling him Thulk, which is cute. I like that. And it keeps cutting back to Thor, like, you know, at the supermarket or like uh, he gets married, has a kid, serves on the PTA. That's nice. Is the sun big and green? No, the sun is actually kind of a nerdy, puny guy. So, like, Thor has to deal (laughs) with that. Now, now the weird that I heard another scene that I saw. Now, this was on a Fandango bonus clip. Yeah, yeah. That I got for pre-ordering tickets for this movie that opened a month ago. Uh huh. And in it, in this bonus clip, after he Thor raises a family, Hulk comes to his house and says, "I am stronger than you. I will teach the children to be strong. I am the father now." And he becomes. Thor says, "You're you're right." Yeah. And and Hulk becomes Thor's kid's dad. Is that in the final? Absolutely. That's actually Justin. I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually a post credit scene that dovetails with Daddy's Home too. Oh, good. I was hoping we could talk about that picture. Yeah. In the podcast, it's it's all in the Daddy's Home uh, multiverse. Um, hey. And that's when Samuel L. Jackson shows up and says, I'm putting together a team of stepdads. Yeah, I like the scene in Daddy's Home 2 where the Hulk comes and crushes, then eats uh, just all the men in that picture. And then mm-hmm. they're they're gone in real life, which is yes. really cool and fun and now, great. Now, does Thor Ragnarok include the scene where John Lithgow shows up on the first day of Daddy's Home 2 filming and sees that the other dad, new daddy is Mel Gibson, and there's 15 minutes of him just like, are, are we, we sure? sure? Are you sure about well, that? You sure this him? Is actually this interesting. One. I actually also got a preview screener of Daddy's Home 2, and without the CGI, and what they haven't released yet, maybe this is like a special bonus thing, but John Lithgow is not in the movie. It's all Andy Serkis motion capture. Yeah, because John, John Lithgow walked over and in. saw the the comedy duo, the hysterical duo of Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson they put together, and he literally, he just, he pulled out his grappling hook and ziplined away. But Andy yeah. Serkis stepped in, he was like, I have no problem with these two. So Andy Serkis is doing, is John Lithgow. Loves Mel Gibson. Like, Big They've already Gibson paid him. <laughs> yeah. Now, I heard there's a scene in three billboards uh-huh. uh, uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri, where the Hulk comes and takes the three billboards <laughs> and says, now there's no more need for your movie. Yeah. I will take these to mine. Keeps doing and it. And so France makes dormant. It's like, well, I retire. <laughs> well, actually, what happens, Justin? The billboards are gone in her was, movie. Uh, so she closes her movie and Hulk puts the three billboards into Hulk Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. A Thor picture. You must have seen uh, a previous version. Maybe that was like 1.0 because in the version I saw, Thor goes to grab the billboards and Francis McDormand says, no. And Hulk goes, well, I bow to your wisdom. Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done. You're amazing. And then she kills and eats Hulk and becomes Hulk. Yes. I- now, I heard there's 
Justin like heard about it. Not, Justin's just seen all the scenes, and so let's just sit back and watch him <laughs> do like his thing. It's a spoiler. At this, I feel like so much has been spoiled. But I heard that Hulk does jump into the Orient Express uh-huh. and says, uh, "I have the final solution. The Butler conducted the crime." Uh-huh. And Poirot's like, "There's no Butler," and Hulk's like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah! I said the Butler committed the crime. You may uh, put your train back into the station. Your film." Is no longer and then needed. he eats I and then the he, he eats the whole train. He does eat he the, whole the whole train, for which is also how Snowpiercer ended. With just it, it, the the train starts up again and then it goes right into Hulk's big mouth and open belly. Yep, that's all accurate. That all happens. Is and scene what's in the weird, movie where Hulk finally gets his reward of getting a Coca Cola and then the Ant Man shows up and steals his fucking Coca Cola? That piece yeah. of shit Ant Man. There's also a prolonged scene in which. Hulk walks around naked, and I wish this was a joke, and it makes me, um, for the first time, have- Erect. Erect! (laughs) (laughs) It forces me to think about Hulk's genitalia in a way that I- the first time, bud. (laughs) The first time, bud. As if the first time fucking Stanley was like, ah, Eureka, my catchphrase, I've got it. The man turns big and green, and instantly we heard that conceit, and we're like, dick too, though, right? Stanley. No, actually, I have do? concrete proof. So, okay, the Hulk trans- Bruce Banner transforms into the Hulk. Imagine the classic image. What you see is pants that have been torn, usually from the mid thigh to knee down, right? But after the transformation into Hulk and back into Bruce Banner, those pants have been torn. The crotch of the pants is never destroyed. Uh... So we have to assume that Hulk gets huge muscles. But a like just a regular human penis. But Bruce's penis is probably pretty Bruce's good. Pe- I mean, it's. I mean, he's already had pants sized to his penis that the Hulk does not destroy. Actually, when he's Bruce, he has the Hulk's penis, and when he's the Hulk, he has Bruce's. Pe- it's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird sort of uh, mix around. Thank- now I heard that there's. A, <laughs> I saw one more deleted scene. Uh huh. Where the Hulk goes into Ladybird yeah. and says, "I'm not aware of what this film." is or is about but i've heard good things so i'll take it for my own and then he goes into the shape of water it is like i don't know teardrops lakes and ocean anyway your movie is over too and the hulk takes all the water so what you're suggesting justin is that what you've seen is a cut of the movie that is a very like last action hero mm-hmm. hulk is a film walker he just claims yeah. movies as his own now, I did sweet a lot of this. So a lot of this is sort of sweeted stuff from my own studio mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here at the house. I saw a scene in A Bad Mom's Christmas. That, uh-huh, uh-huh. And the Ant-Man, and by scene, I mean the whole movie. Ant-Man's in the whole thing. You just can't see him. He's really small. He's like a speck of dust just floating around, landing on Mila Kunis' nose. But you don't see him. But if you li- if you turn up the audio like all the way, like blow out your speakers, you can hear Paul Rudd doing his comedy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, he's in that's... most movies the whole time, just very small, and you can't tell. But he's in very there. small. Yeah. To be fair, though, Paul Rudd is just in most movies. That's his period. And it's very stop. confusing, because he's also in it as Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So the... is, He's always been Ant-Man in movies. It's just like pre-getting the suit and post-getting the suit. Sure. Hey, questions time, because half of the show will be a special thing, and I would love to get at least some of our good work into it. Okay, before we do. classic bits. Before we do, if you're listening to this on Monday, tonight, I'm participating in 
a uh, World Builders, which is a charity organization spearheaded by Pat Rothfuss, a StarCraft tournament. Oh, my God. Um, are you playing StarCraft? I am. Have you ever played StarCraft? I have not. This should be good, bro. How's your, what's your APMs? Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's me and Tybee um, playing as uh, Team uh, Run Fancast um, with absolutely positively no idea what we're doing. But it's for a good cause. You can go to bit.ly forward slash run WB um, and help donate money to sponsor our team. I can't. Uh, you know I'm going to be there watching you fuck up at, like, building too many pylons or whatever. Oh, Griffin, it's going to be terrible. Like, li- listen, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be terrible. Let me Have you not clear. watched any videos or whatever how to start? I mean, I will. Okay. I'm sure I will. And I believe that happens tonight uh at 10 30 central time is when i'm playing uh there's lots of other people playing the double clicks are playing paul and storm are playing uh mikey newman uh is playing lots of people are playing i hear mikey's got sick apm so you're gonna get put in the trash can. oh no he is gonna just kick my ass uh no doubt no doubt but check that out and run uh bit.ly forward slash run wb to help sponsor that and Justin, tell us about MBMBAM Angels before we kick off the yeah, questions. Yeah, right before we get in the show, uh, MBMBAM Angels is an annual project that we sort of like tangentially do just because it's like us, but really we don't do any of the heavy lifting. We have a great team of people that are like doing this hard work. But uh, we have a lot of people in the area that we grew up and where I still live here in, in Huntington in the surrounding tri-state area who have a lot of needs uh, for this holiday season. And they're a lot of people who aren't going to have anything for this uh, blessed candle nights season. And we're not talking about like uh, fun toys. Usually we're talking about stuff like oh, a, a wheelchair is needed and a gas car to get to work and a, a bed and a tent and things like this, just things that people really need. And you can be a hero this candle night season and help fix uh, uh, these these uh, problems. I mean, like it's it's heartbreaking. And if you go to mbmbmangels.com, you're going to see a ton of opportunities where you can help. It's easy to do. There's a great team of people who are um, uh, uh, ready to to assist you. And if you can, even if you're just going to kick in a few bucks, you don't have to buy one of these items specifically. Um, but it's a wonderful project that uh, we care a lot about. About so if you can. Find it in your heart to help out, mbmbamangels.com, and you can find someone to help. And if you do, please tweet at us. Let us know so we can thank you personally, um, and and we really appreciate anything you can do to uh, to assist with that. Real quick, I misspoke that uh, the StarCraft tournament, I will be playing at 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern p.m. tonight. Uh, the tournament kicks off at 8 p.m. Central time. Uh, and you can find out all the information at worldbuilders.org slash StarCraft. All right, first question. I tend to lounge around the house in a luxurious plaid bathrobe, almost always with a t-shirt and shorts under it. Sometimes when I want candy, I will go to the, <laughs> I will go to the, I hear you. I will go to the convenience store across the street without putting on real clothes. This is legitimate because it's really close to where I live. Mm. Well, now now I want a bagel. <laughs> But I don't want to change. But the bagel place is like a half mile away. Is that too far for the bathrobe? Will people think I'm just a weirdo? That's from the robed one. There's so much going on. The people you are making assumptions yeah. left and right. 
you just I here's the thing about the bathrobe look. I I mean I support you and like you walk your path. I'm not trying to shame anyone's bathrobe usage except that I am about to do just that. But there's not a bubble extending from your house where the bathrobe is acceptable. The bubble is the house. The bubble's the is house. It's literally unless, maybe where the, unless, your paper lands. Unless. I just don't know. It's unless. as far as your Wi-Fi extends from your house. If you got the Wi-Fi <laughs> signal, you can pull out your phone and say like, no, 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 it's cool. See? Robbie's place. You see that? You're not <laughs> hacking. Don't, and don't try to hack Robbie's place. It's ironclad. If you still have Wi-Fi, you can Arthur Dent all over town. You can mm. set up repeaters down the block. Mm. And just, but okay, listen, you can't just say, listen, question asker, I love you. You know that, right? I love you. You can't just say, this is legitimate because it's really close. You don't get to make that call. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's legitimate because I really wanted candy <laughs> and now, I'm in the bathroom. Now, I will say that bagel place, I feel like is more appropriate for the bathrobe because it's a yeah, breakfast time thing thing and so you can show up and you say like <laughs> oops mondays breakfast time bagel please i'm not naked under this and that's so you gotta say the last part you the highest level of maturity is being able to see the world through the point of view of other people mm. and you have to understand that when you go to the convenience store see it through their eyes they don't look at each other after you leave and say it's cool he lives nearby <laughs> that's not that, that that dialogue does not take place is it okay to go out of doors dressed in an outfit with a robe over it? I assume shoes. Please wear shoes. Yeah, I mean, legally, legally speaking, sure. Are you saying, will people maybe give me a little side eye? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. absolutely. Nothing you can do. Unless. Unless. Two in one question. Unless. If you're going to leave the house, you silly goose. Just tuck the robe into the shorts, and then at the worst, people are just going to think you got a super lumpy duff, and that's it. <laughs> They're just wearing a coat, and their shorts are holding in their very, very lumpy duff. Would this be different <laughs> if instead of like a luxurious plaid bathrobe, you were wearing like an embroidered like boxer's robe? Oh, and then people might think you're a champion boxer. Oh, he needs those Mike and Ikes to carb up before the big before fight. Before the big fight today. It's going to be hard for me to see that and not assume that you're putting it through heavy usage and then start thinking about the scent. The scent of it, because you know what I'm talking about. A robe that gets heavy usage. It's got all your smell in it. And I don't want to well, yes. even look at the smell because I can feel it and taste it. Um, Again, if you want to wear a robe, go for it. But please stop creating... Uh, uh, justifications for yourself. You're you're a guy wearing a robe, or a gal wearing a robe, or a person wearing a robe. I don't know, but you're still wearing a robe outside your house. It it doesn't matter how it's, far. It's you a are wild from your tactic. Home. How about this Yahoo? It was sent in by the delivery man Seth Carlson. Thank you, Seth. It's from Yahoo Answers user Jotun Herdigen asks, "What happens if a vampire bites another vampire?" I'm can I tell you, I'm so glad that this question is included. It's long overdue. And listen, we'll circle back to this super vampire state. But I was thinking about this. People like to throw a lot of shit at vampires. And I bet you, I bet you, Griffin, a lot of those people that are hurling shit at vampires also eat steaks. Vampires gotta eat. That's what I'm saying. This okay. has gone on for too long. 
What a vampire okay. literally kill saying him? people are cattle which to is a vampire. A, yeah, no, I know it's, but you're still sort of you still definitely said it with your whole mouth. To a uh, vampire, yeah, that's how. Listen, it's the circle of lies. No, I will not. not no, it's sort of no, a straight line of lie. It's like a life. Well, but pyramid. then bacteria eat vampires, so. Yeah, I guess it all keeps the I big wheel keeps spinning. Um. Oh no! Wait, the sun eats vampires, and then plants eat the sun. There we and then go. We so eat when the you're plants. A, if you're eating a cucumber, then you're just eating vampire, basically. Yeah, basically, it's the, the sun powered of life. The sun is powered by vampire energy. Yes, from vampires they've consumed. Yes. we all know that. That's yes. why global warming is such an issue. Too yes. many vamps. That's yeah. Too many vamps. Um, two things I think: if a vampire bites another vampire, one double vampire, and yes. these are the scariest of all. Can there? Can you even? If a double vampire bites a double vampire, is it a triple vampire, or do we square root it? What are some of the key differentiators, Griffin, of a double vampire? Four, fang, four fangs. Four fangs. <laughs> four big fangs, okay. and the accent gets like, if a regular vampire is here, a double vampire is like here. Under the quadruple vampire is here. Now, what? Now, if I was a quintuple vampire, exactly what would that sound like? A quintuple vampire, and an octuple vampire is here. I want to suck your blood, donkey. <laughs> oh, Are you God. suggesting Shrek was an octuple vampire? Uh, yeah, I think Shrek is an octuple mm. vampire for that sure. Makes sense. He's Don't a vampire that bit another vampire, then bit a double vampire, and then bit a, a, a quadruple vampire. Okay, so this is my question. The vampire that doubles, is it the vampire that bites or the vampire that is bit? Ooh, I think it's a vampire that is bit. That's a good point, Travis. Oh, see, I was going to say the vampire that bites. No, because it's that's no. not how the vampiric process works. I guess yeah. that's true. I you, was thinking, I guess, uh, more of like the double vampire siphons the vampire away, and then that vampire is like, "Well, you're normal again." No, no, the de the vampire bites another vampire, uh -huh. transforming the bitten vampire into a double vampire, and then the new double vampire turns around and is like, "Now you fucked up. Uh -huh. Now but, you fucked up. Look at these fangs." So you're then, in it, wait, now. Is, then it is a triple vampire, or is it like squared? I think, every I, think time? We, I think we go up the. The, by the root of two. Now, that's the first scenario, a double vampire, and it is okay. the correct scenario, because it's such a good world that I want to live in. That one's science-based. That one's science-based. The other situation that could happen is, it's just awkward. It's just like, <laughs> look, look, look. Oh. Hey, dude, hey, dude, stop, 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 stop. Look, Can you not? check the fangs. One, two. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. My oh, bad. man. Yeah, I'm a vampire. I hate the sun and garlic and love to bite. That's me too. So they don't have blood, right? Vampires don't have blood. It's just dust in there, right? It's That's just why they dust. Need to keep drinking. Well, it, it depends now, if they've recently fed. Mm, I think the blood's only in their tummy at that point, though. Do they do so? Do the vampires what? pee out blood? And if so, oh. how do they know when they have prostate issues? Uh, I mean, you oh, uh, God, as somebody so who's had prostate issues before, you'll know. Do you think that <laughs> if a vampire pees and it's not blood, they're like, oh no? Oh crap. Uh oh, it's wearing. Oh, never mind. Psych, I'm immortal. I forgot. Oh, I'm wait. Dead. Yeah, I don't have prostate yeah, yeah. issues. I'm fine. Double vampire. How about another question? Brothers, some local teens just knocked on our door and asked us to cook their unpopped microwave popcorn. I do not recognize these youths. Am I setting myself up for a long con by being a cool neighbor? That's from Corny Conundrum in Gooneyville. Yes, literally the town from Goonies. 
Astoria, Oregon. Fuck yeah. Um, I mean, cool. is it the Goonies that came to your house? Because maybe they got a treasure map, they want to steal it. Maybe there's treasures under your house and they would just want to go in your basement. I mean, they're adults now, though. So these would be adults like, hey, can we come in your basement? Bet you got a map. Uh, here's some popcorn. I- I'm Sean Astin. <laughs> this is I- what I sound like. I'm a <laughs> septuple vampire. <laughs> um, I didn't you- have an accent when I started. Why do they have... A bag of microwave yes. popcorn, but no microwave. Why did they purchase? They robbed a Boy Scout. They, oh, they might have no. robbed a Boy Scout. They might have robbed a Boy Scout who was selling popcorn door to door. Oh, no. I mean, I'm kind of into this Moonrise Kingdom, like, a, a band of kids setting out on their own. The only food they brought with them on their journey was popcorn, but they're kids, so they didn't even, they didn't think about it. And so they need, they need you to pop the popcorn so they can eat something while they wander into the forest because one of them knows where a dead body is. Just like in Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, you know, I guess I assumed that these kids were like local next door kids, but these kids could have been on a long journey. Um, and maybe like the last thing they had in their packs was like microwave popcorn. You know what I mean? It's possible. Why it's not say possible. yes, but then you have to stay on the porch and wait and you close the door and you pop their corn for them and then you return it and you send those scamps on their way. But don't let them in your house. Dear God, whatever you I do, think, don't let them in your I house. I think a good test, a uh, good way to test their intentions is to say, yes, I will pop the popcorn, but you will enjoy this popcorn with me. Ooh. And we'll all enjoy this popcorn together here on the porch in a in a in just a communal manner. And we'll all share the popcorn yeah. together. I need the 10% for the, for the juice, for the vig. I'm going to get my beak salty. <laughs> Uh, they could be vamps, though, trying to get access to the to the That's why you can't let them in the house. Can't let them in the house. Don't let the wrong one in. Um, that's, what, that's what the movie's called. I got a Yahoo here, and I want to read it before we before we go to the money zone and move on to our very special segment because it features something so pure and so wonderful. It's uh, it's another Seth Carlson jam. Thank you, Seth. It's Yahoo Answers user. Sorry, something's gone wrong. I'm gonna call him Broderick. Asks NCIS themed birthday party. I want to throw a really nice NCIS-themed birthday party, but aren't sure how to do it. I don't know what to do for a cake, decorations, games, anything like that. Thanks. Okay, NCIS. before we get into like the, the details of this. How much have we watched? Well, here's the thing. I love somebody saying, I want to throw specific-themed birthday party here. I have no but ideas. I have no ideas for it whatsoever. So, like, do you then? Do you want to throw that party? Or do you just like NCIS? I very much like NCIS, and I very much like aging, and I want to combine those two activities. (sighs) I think the only thing I know about NCIS, I know two things. One, the Secret Service agent from West Wing is in it. Correct, Mark Harmon. And there's Incredible hero, incredible, sorry. Incredible hero, Mark Harmon, that once saved a boy from a burning car. Mark Harmon. Wait, really? Mark Harmon. Fuck yeah, dude. Mark Harmon saved a boy from a burning car? Yeah, Mark Harmon's a fucking hero. He pulled two kids out of a burning car. Well, now it's Isn't two that- kids? Hold on. This started as one kid. He pulled six kids out of a burning bus. <laughs> he ate a burning limousine. <laughs> to save no, 12 here- kids. We've talked about this before, I believe, so I'm going to go through this quickly. But uh, Mark Harmon was kicking it in LA, 1996, 715, these teens missed a turn, crashed into a tree, flipped over, and burst into flames. 
Mark Harmon smashed the windows out with a sledgehammer and pulled the boys to safety. He just had he was just holding the sledgehammer sitting on his porch as he's wont to do. Fuck yeah, Mark Harmon, hero. Uh, Yeah, Mark Harmon rules. Anyway, Mark Harmon also, as long as we're talking about Mark Harmon, I did a quick Google for NCIS Party to see kind of what was out there. There's a lot. Oh, good. (laughs) It won't surprise you. Um, A lot of fun cakes, etc. His character on the show NCIS is named Leroy Jethro Gibbs. Do you think that it was penance for having such a cool name like Mark, Mark Harmon? Harmon? Yeah. That they had to like so, I mean, knock him down a few pegs? I feel like one thing you could do for your party is set your house ablaze in Brentwood, and then Mark will show up. Be like, I'm here to save you. And then you quickly douse the flame. And you're like, Mark, 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 long as you're here. Ah, uh, lordy, lordy, look who's 40. It's me, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Mark. The second thing I know about NCIS is that there is a goth woman or a punk woman who seems very prevalent in the show. I, have I believe seen her name her. is Abby on the show. And How she's, do you know she's that? on all the NCISs. Because I have I've been reading this Yahoo, Travis. Um I wanna just the There's reason- someone named Donald Ducky Mallard. There's a lot of fun listen, NCIS they have fun creators. with the names. Yeah. But Ducky is his, like, nickname, and Mallard is his last name. Like, you could have gotten to Ducky just from Donald or Ducky just from Mallard, but you went ahead and named Donald the most famous duck and also Mallard. Yeah, I mean, so, there's a character on the chief of the NCIS is named Bill Butthole Rectum. They just really <laughs> went wild with the names. So NCIS stands for Naval Criminal Investigative Services, right? So they Obviously. investigate crimes that have to do with the Navy and the Marines. That show has been going on for 15 seasons. Hey, Navy, are you okay? Because it seems like Got you maybe have a lot of crime. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of crime going on with y'all. I mean, I learned that. You and Jag. I learned that on Jag. Yeah, Jag has just really opened my eyes to. Holy shit. Jag and NCIS are in the same universe. Yes. Two episodes in season eight of it's Jag. Called the, uh, Travis, it's called the Viewisk universe. Yes. Please. Ice Queen and Meltdown, two episodes from season eight of JAG, were back to our pilots for NCIS that featured Mark Harmon as Gibbs on those JAG episodes. Yeah, it's just called a spinoff. It's called a spinoff. But from JAG, NCIS is a spinoff from JAG. I had no idea. It's called a JAG off. (laughs) I wanted to read this question because there's a Yahoo Answers user named Lady Die who says, be sure that you either have an actual mystery to solve as the evening progresses or that you simply use the theme as a backdrop. There really isn't any right way or wrong way to do a birthday party, but if you want to throw the party that everyone will be talking about, you need to create a specific crime uh, for the scene you're investigating and leave cru- clues everywhere to help with the investigation. Decorating your crime scene party crime scene tape and chalk outlines on the floor are easy additions to your theme. Make sure to leave them uh, realistic in size by having a person actually lay down for you to draw the outline. You might leave fake footprints, fingerprints, and clue cards throughout the room, not too well hidden unless you want people snooping. You can even uh, get help when leaving the clues and decorating because of the novelty of this sort of party. You do not have to confine the festivities to one room, and you can, if you're feeling truly adventurous, have a different case going on in different rooms. Just have the guests draw numbers for teams and then race to solve the crime first. This is a fairly huge undertaking, but it will make the party remembered for years. You might also want to set up a lab complete with a microscope and tables dedicated to sorting out the evidence and making notes for the shocking conclusion of the crimes in question. Of course, you'll want to make the crime simple and solvable by leaving clues that guests will have no trouble finding or deciphering without making it too easy. 
easy. Use your favorite episode for guidance if you must, and throw in a red herring or two to keep things fun. There are reruns that you should have no problem finding a show that will give you some great ideas. For food, you can have an actual NCIS cake or go with cookies that are shaped like footprints or thumbprint cookies for an uh, excellent play on words. Sloppy Joes, pizza, finger foods, chips and dips, and cookies and cake will have an excellent food addition to the party without needing to fit into any one theme. Be sure to have plenty of soda and bottled water on hand. Here's a picture of an NCIS cake, and then a link. This is so pure and so good, and the first time that somebody's ever asked anything on Yahoo Answers where a good, helpful, kind Christian person swoops in with a fucking manual on how to perfectly do the thing. I wanted to include this because hope's not all lost. Most things are bad. 90% of the things are bad, but then there's Yahoo Answers user Lady Die who swoops in here is like, you know what's good at parties? Sloppy Joe sometimes. How about a fingerprint cookie? I like the, the inclusion of the line, uh, make sure to have soda and water available. That's not NCIS specific. It's, it's just, just a, a good, good overall party, good party yeah. thing. I've never seen NCIS, a single frame of it. But this, what I love about this, and the reason I was troubled doing it, is I was worried that Lady Di had confused NCIS with CSI. No, I think they this, also do plenty of CSIing. Okay, because this would also, this, then this is not a qualm I have with Lady Di. This is a qualm I have with the creators of NCIS. You made your letters sound like a pre-existing thing, CSI. You used three of the same. You just added an N in there and then kind of flipped them all around. Right, which also could be New Orleans CSI, I think, is in there. Or is it NCIS New Orleans? Who even fucking knows anymore? I mean, I know, because NCIS New Orleans has my boy, Scott Bakula. I'm just talking about the title, Griffin. Okay. I just wanted I'm to just talk saying, about Scott Bakula. If you're going to use three of the sim same letters in your thing... Maybe uh, don't have so much, like, microscopes and fingerprints and stuff. This is GSI. Grime scene investigation. They <laughs> investigate so dirty here. the grimiest scenes. Do uh, we want to move on to the money zone? or I want to move that? on to the money zone so that we can get to our guest segment even faster. So let's do it. tell everybody about wink that's w-i-n-c wink uh well, wink's wine experts select wines matched to your taste personalized to you and then they ship them right to your door just starting at 13 bucks a bottle how it works is you go to uh, wink's website which is uh trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com and you fill out their palette profile quiz and you answer simple questions like how do you take your coffee and how do you feel about blueberries yes to both <laughs> How I'm do I afraid take, of them. How do I take my coffee? Yes. How do you feel about blueberries? Very scared. Um, there are no membership fees. You can skip any month and you can cancel at any time. And it makes a good holiday gift. You can send a personalized gift card and let your recipient choose uh, their wine from Wink's great selection. Um, you can discover great wine today if you go to trywink.com. Again, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com slash my brother. And you'll get $20 off your first shipment. Uh, one more time. That is trywink.com. T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash my brother for 20 bucks off. I want to tell you about Stitch Fix, and I'm really excited because I just got my first Stitch Fix Me box. Me too! Like, three days ago, right? It was amazing. Yeah, it's very good. I'm I like, got, I'm a, I've been on it for like six months. I'm doing it even when they're not giving it to me for free. I adore it. Oh, I've continued now. Like, I I actually just um, made my next box come even faster because I couldn't wait to get more of it. Um, but I got a flannel shirt in this box that was, like, an instant favorite. Like, I pulled it out and was like, yes, I wore it that day. It was so amazing. Um, so, basically, 
here's how it works. It's a new way to shop for clothes that does all the work for you. Sweater weather's here, folks. And if you're like me... it got really serious there. Well, hi, I'm Travis McElroy. I'd like to talk to you about sweater weather. I forgot to buy any sweaters. I just, I moved back from Los Angeles. I didn't leave my house at all last year when I lived in Cincinnati because I had a baby and I was scared of the outside world. And I forgot to buy any sweaters. So that's where I turn to Stitch Fix. You go online, answer some questions about your sizes, favorite styles, and budget. And I love that, by the way. You can put not just like your budget for spending, but your budget for individual items. So you can say yeah, like, how much are you willing to p- spend on a sweater? Right. Or like a t-shirt or socks yeah. or whatever. And you can say like, I don't want to spend more than blank on t-shirts. Um, and your personal stylist will pick five pieces based on your preference and send them to your door. And then you try them on at home. And if you don't like something, you don't pay for it. You just send it back. You only pay for what you keep. And there's no subscription. And it's no club to join. You just order stuff. You say you need stuff when you need it. So get started now at stitchfix.com slash mybrother, and you'll get 25% off when you keep all five items. So that's stitchfix.com slash mybrother, stitchfix.com slash mybrother. Yeah, and the the cool thing is it it evolves. So like you give them feedback when you get a box, and then they'll take that feedback into consideration the next time they send you something. It's really it only slick. gets better. Yeah, and yeah. also I was really impressed by this. Along with the items they send you, they send you <clears throat> suggestions of other things you could wear with those items. Love that. Need that. Yeah. Need that. Um, Juice, you want to read this uh, next message? Yeah. Have you noticed how the world is filled with problems and that the leaders supposed to solve them are all a bunch of sad squares in sad square boxes who could really chill the heck out? Ryan and John sure did. They noticed so hard that they bought a microphone and set up shop solving the world's toughest problems with the help of the uh, stickiest of green herbs. Excellent. I was wondering. I was waiting for the twist. Twist. They're high. Join them every few weeks. That's a very cool. That's a very (laughs) chill release schedule. huh? I don't know. Sometimes. Join them sometimes. Uh, on the Hypocrisy Podcast as they get creative, fix the world, and fend off rabid dogs and smoke a lot of weed. And that's Hypocrisy, H-I-G-H-P-O-C-R-A-C-Y. You can go to hypocrisy.zone uh, or find <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, uh, or find them wherever you, you get your podcasts. Uh, got another message for Mackenzie, and it's from Caitlin. It says, happy birthday to my favorite sister-in-law. I can't wait to see you, Robert, and Peps, so I can show her all the best food in Austin and solidify my position as her favorite aunt. Love you lots, Caitlin. And that's next available, is what that says. So, like, they're just really taking a shot in the dark there. This is uh, them, this is them gu- guilting them for an Austin trip. Like, no matter right. what time of year this lands... Gotta get you down here. Gotta get the barbecue. Gotta have the tacos. Two more quick plugs before we move on to our amazing, amazing guest segment that I'm so excited. So I'm going to make it really quick. Um, Schmanners is going to be performing at San Francisco Sketchfest this year on the first Sunday. Uh, I believe it's uh, the 14th, January 14th. Um, so you can go to bit.ly forward slash SF Schmanners, SF S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S to go check that out. Did you just out. forget how to spell your own podcast? Well, there's a lot of S's in there. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and also, Schmanners is going to be performing on the Joko Cruise, along with a, a lot of other stuff. Dad's going to be there. We're going to be doing a lot of like uh, special events and that kind of thing. You can find out about that at jococruise.com, J-O-C-O-Cruise.com, and that is in February. I believe it starts February 18th. 
uh, in general, it's an amazing lineup, an amazing cruise. Go check it out. All right. I can't believe you're about to hear the segment that you're about to hear. It, we had a very special guest, Bert, on the show, uh, and he's legitimately a hero of mine, and it is bizarre that he agreed to do our program, but he did. So, there. <laughs> uh, so, I guess we should just get into it. Is there any sort of setup we need, I guess? Well, one thing that's uh, really important to me is that we play a Max Fun promo right now. Hey, Biz. Have you seen any good movies lately? Hey, Teresa. Does Curious George's Boo-Fest count? It doesn't. Mm. Well, I blame my current life situation that has small children that need things. God, I love them. And I miss knowing about stuff. <laughs> well, after catching up on the current cultural offerings on podcasts that provide such information, <laughs> join us on One Bad Mother as we help explore the harsh realities of sweeping self-identity changes as we try to find ourselves between our pre- and post-kid selves. I used to like all the things. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. All right. Well, uh, you ready to get started? Y'all y'all settled? I thought we were starting. Let's, this let's is roll. It. This okay. is it. This is the show. <laughs> I've had a nap and an espresso. This could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, our, our guest uh, this week, uh, as surreal as it is for me to say, uh, is uh, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. Uh, hello, and welcome to the program. Oh, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do the show. Oh, <laughs> that was, well, that, all right, man. bye, everybody. I, I just, I just decided, I, I, I didn't tell you all that. Oh, no, you just went, because he called you Mr. Jimmy Buffett? Was yeah, that why that you don't want to do the show? Now? If you call me Jimmy, I'll continue, but if you call me Mr. Buffett, all right, out of here. Jimmy, all right. Jimmy it is. Um, okay, all right, Justin. Uh, you got a right. new uh, Let's start, got, take two. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, hey pretty good. Uh, oh, doing great, Jimmy. Jimmy. Great, great. <laughs> you got a new uh, you got a new album out, Buried Treasure Volume One. Yeah, a new album full of a lot of old stuff. Now I hate <laughs> listening to anything I recorded more than two weeks ago. So how do you how did you feel digging these up and uh, hearing them for the first time for in a long time? Um, you know what I did is. I went and into my little studio. I was in New York in the summer, and I went out to the studio, took a bottle of wine and had a few glasses of wine, and went back and just, I was curious, and I wanted to go listen to them because, you know, the name comes from the, the kind of, uh, the way that it actually happened. They, they weren't buried in the ground, like in the dirt or anything, but they were, <laughs> they were, they were actually lost tapes in some, you know, closet or storage facility and when they went to uh, sell the studio they opened it up and there they were so uh be that as it may it was uh kind of a time machine you know so i was interested in and the fact that there were over 120 songs there and i i could not remember writing that many songs so that's what <laughs> that's what kind of got me interested so i wanted to go listen to them all and so i did and then I started laughing and it was kind of fun and amusing because good God did I sound like uh, uh, I sounded so much. I, I know who I was, uh, who I was channeling in those days and it was Gordon Lightfoot and boy, it was just, it was way too close. He should have sued me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I listened to them all and then I tried to figure out what to do with them. And the interesting thing was, uh, you know, first idea was, is this, is this worth anything where people want to want to hear it? Because, you know, once you get to one stage, if you've survived this long in the business, it's not like trying to 
do something new every year and kind of keep the ball rolling. I, I just try to make things that if people want to add to their collection based on what they've heard and been such loyal fans about before, then that's what a project is. So I kind of put it up, weighted against those parameters, which were, you know, was, would this be something fans would be interested in? Something, you know, that was this raw and this this far back. And I thought maybe they would, but then the other thing that kind of pushed me to the uh, to the conclusion of yes, they would, was that... Uh, the songs themselves, when I heard them, kind of conjured up visions of the people playing them, what was going on in my life at the time, which was actually nothing. Because uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody knew who I was except these five guys I'd go to the studio with. I also thought it would be unique to capture uh, these guys who were still, A, alive, and B, in Mobile, who were the guys that kind of... Uh, were the only ones that knew me at the time when they were putting bands together and helping try to promote me coming out of the studio. So I thought that was a kind of unique thing to get their perspective. And, and then my daughter did a, vi uh, a video or a little documentary on all, all these guys who were in the studio. So that's how the whole thing kind of it grew into what it became. And, uh, and, and then when it did come out, I, all of a sudden you, I looked at it and the, and the packaging alone was worth doing it because the, Kim and her team, the people that did it out of New York, did a great job of putting this whole thing together to, again, you know, I thought at that point we'd done what the objective was, was to make something that if people liked what we did, they could add this to their collection. And that's what, that's kind of the, the way it happened in, in a short version. Well, I was, I was listening to it this morning and enjoying it a lot. So I think, I think it's great that you got it out there. We got uh, a lot of people wanting your your sage wisdom here. A lot of our listeners wrote in with with questions, and I'm just going to hit you stage with sage wisdom. Sage Ooh. wisdom. I know. Uh, did you say sage or stage? Sa all. I can do uh, both. Which one do you want? <laughs> your sage stage wisdom. Uh, sage stage wisdom. Stage uh, stage wisdom. Either way. This is the first one, and uh, you asked for questions about uh, sailing, lionfish, and Puerto Rico. We have all three covered. <laughs> So okay, you're in that, good hands. That covers some things, huh? I've got all the bases. Here we go. Uh, here's our first question. Do you have any recommendations for a city slicker who wants to get into sailing? Are there books to read before taking an actual course? Any places or organizations that would get your seal of approval? That's from the only bait in Philadelphia. Is their name? <laughs> Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia. that. Uh, from a city slicker... To go sailing, I'm, I would certainly say that reading is the first thing to do and, and read books. And, uh, and then because there's so, much great, there's so much great stuff out there, and if I was going to boil it down, of course, Treasure Island was the first one. But if you really want to read some good stuff, it would be the, the Patrick O'Brien series uh, about uh, oh, uh, Albury and uh, I can't remember the Captain, Captain Jack Albury. And I can't remember, and his sidekick, but there, it's a great series of books about the uh, British Navy and the Napoleonic Wars. And, and, and it's because it, the great thing about it is it, it gets into the way people actually lived on boats back then. You know, we, we think of them as you see them in movies and there's just, there's just pirates or there's people on boats. I mean, when they went, they didn't know when they were coming back. They had live animals, you know. They had, they all played music too because it, you know there was no Wi-Fi back in those days and sure. uh, and so uh, most sailors 
had an instrument or played an instrument. And it's, it's the way also that a lot of music and uh, different music from around the world found its way to other cultures was on boats. So that all kind of, uh, they're great adventures, but they take the essence of sailing and how people lived and how they entertained themselves, you know, when they weren't fighting or when they weren't, weren't off, uh, you know, in raging storms. There was a lot of dull time on boats. And believe me, as one who sailed a lot, you try to find some things to do. So I think reading about it first and then, um, you know, go down, go, go find yourself a little... Uh, uh, a little sailing school somewhere. If you live in Philly, you can go to the Jersey Shore, you know, and 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 get and get in a boat. And and if you don't puke, then keep going. Now, I, I got to be honest. Of all the sailing advice I expected to get from Jimmy Buffett, make sure you read up on it first. Is not one of the things <laughs> I expected. I expected to hear. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a lot you of just that. What, I was just going to throw them in a boat and point them out there and go try to get back. Yeah, you'll <laughs> I mean, be fine. Bye. Yeah, they'll figure it out, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a Captain Bly. You know, you got to read about it first. Yeah. Jimmy, I got. I got a question for you. I'm about to go on my first cruise, which will be my first time really on a ship of of any note other well, than that's like a, a that's, ferry. That, that, that's a boat with an engine and. True. But here's uh, my question. Mm, that's a will hotel a with point? an engine. That's a floating hotel we're talking about, right? <laughs> yes. But will there be okay. a point when I'm in the middle of the ocean and I can't see land anywhere and my mm -hmm. mind just breaks and I just start screaming? Because that's what I'm worried about. I think that's now. called ocean, ocean madness. Yes. <laughs> ocean madness. Well, you know what I would do? I would start drinking seawater. Okay. And that will really make you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just really. Just lean into it. Just I'm just kidding. No, so I'm going to tell you what. If, to me, uh, being out of sight of land is one of the most pleasant and freeing experiences. And it'll, it'll take you, uh, how long is your cruise? About a week. Okay, that's good. So, see, two days out, it takes a little while to get kind of get your to get your sailor's legs about you, even if you're on one of those big boats, you know, because you're moving, and uh, and stay away from the buffet uh, probably would be a good other thing to do until you get your sea legs. But even when you know, even when I would go out on my little boats, and you know, once you once you left and you were on there, you had to kind of readjust your, your you know your brain readjust and your and your your sense of balance has to readjust whether you're you know on a big ship or a little ship it just automatically will do that cuz you're not on real land you know so if you ever notice you get tired out there that's your that's your inner ear working to keep your balance up so you know once you do leave uh leave land you have to reacclimate to being on the water so that's like 2 days and then after that you know your anxiety should go away and then you can relax yeah, just try not to think about the fact that the Poseidon Adventure is based on a real story and it happens to like one third of cruise ships out there <laughs> on the water. Oh, no. Yeah, and totally then the other thing I wouldn't do is look at those disaster at sea videos on YouTube before you go. <laughs> There's a lot of them because okay. it happens yeah, so much. Have to go look yeah, at the those. ones with, especially the ones with the cruise ships getting smacked sideways by a 50 foot wave. I wouldn't watch those. <laughs> Man. It's just there's Jimmy. so many because it's so common. <laughs> oh, no. Hope that helped. <laughs> um, there's a great question here I want to read. That was uh, the, the question is the boom of my sailboat is terrifying to me. I'm always worried that sucker is going to brain me. How do I overcome my fear of the boom? And that's from the Deliberate boom? Land Dweller in Durham. 
Okay, it's called a boom bang. They make a device that you can put on your boom and attach to your deck, which will allow it not to hit you in your head. Now so let, go out and buy a boom bang. Now there let's, Jimmy, just pretend. I mean, obviously, we all know what the boom right. is, but let's pretend that our listeners don't know what the boom of a sailboat is, and maybe you could explain that first. Okay, it's very simple. Okay, the sail is triangular, so you have a mast, and the, you, you raise the sail, and the sail is attached to the mast, but the sail has to move, so the mast is vertical, and then the boom is the section of the mast that's horizontal that the sail attaches to, so it can swing back and forth as because you've got to catch the wind, and the wind is always moving. And the reason it's called a boom is because... Uh, when it does hit you in the head, it goes boom. <laughs> so, I don't know what they called it before that. They call yeah. it a perfect, a perfectly nice <laughs> steering instrument on a ship. And a boom and bang is just a piece of line that will tie to the boat that will keep it from going boom. Could you tie pillows to the boom so that if it does boom you, it's at least sort of it cushions the blow? <laughs> of course you could, but I've never seen it. I feel like you might get some. I feel like you might get hassled by some of the other sailors. Get soggy, then mildewed, and then Mm -hmm. then then seagulls would shit on them and stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) they could get funky in a hurry. So you Uh, might not want that pillow as protection. In my defense, a seagull can shit on any part of a boat, no matter (laughs) what. Pretty much at any time. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. Here's another question for you, Jimmy. There's been a push to eat lionfish in order to curb their numbers because they're an invasive species. Have you tried it? Would you? And if you have, did it give you poisonous spines? I guess growing out of your body. I don't see why that would happen. That's from uh, James. That's from James. Well, I, I, yeah, I went to the dermatologist and I got those removed. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to scare anybody because this is this is kind of a serious subject. They are an invasive species. And the, the thing of it is, if you're if you're a lover of the islands and and water and diving and snorkeling and all that stuff, which, you know, if you're, if you go on vacation, that's what you want to do. Lionfish are a big problem. And the fact of it is they don't have any natural predators in the ocean. You, you can't, yeah, the thing of it is they're not, you, you'll never get cigarette, you can't, you know, equate it with cigatera, which you, know, you can get from like reef fish sometimes. That doesn't happen in the flesh of the lionfish. Yeah, and yes, it's good. We serve it at the restaurant in Margaritaville. We make sushi out of it. And we're trying, you know, to get people interested in making it a commercial product, which makes it something that, you know, the price of it would increase. So the more people would go, uh, go catch them. You know, it's, you know, you can actually kill a fish and save a reef here. You know, that's, that's kind of an oxymoron when you're out there thinking about trying to save the ocean. You're trying to, to prevent everything from dying. But you, could, you can knock off a, a, quite a few lionfish and it's going to help the ocean. So we're kind of involved actively in, in, in some ways to promote that. And people are doing it already. They have lionfish rodeos in Florida and all. But, they're, but nobody has had seen them really as a food source until a couple of people started uh, – figuring out that they were good. And I, I, we shot them about five or six years ago and just brought them up and cooked them, and they were fine. Uh, cleaning them is a bit of a problem. But then our, our people down at the, in, in our kitchen staff at the hotel in Hollywood have, ju- have done just that to make it a, a real, uh, an easier way to clean it and not get poked. And, uh, and so the, the, only, the only danger of that is in cleaning it. It's not going to kill you, though, but it, it does hurt like hell. But... Uh, Anyway, we're we're looking at better ways that we could 
make it make clean them more efficiently and make them more of a food commodity because the fish does taste great and um and that's that's a great way to uh to get the uh, invasive species under control so we're going to do it and we're doing it at the hotel we're going to start doing it down at our little restaurant at the cruise ship dock in belize if you if you get who's going on the cruise travis or griffin or just Tra- travis yeah. just travis what boat are you going to go to belize no, I, I don't think so. Not mm. unless things go horribly awry. <laughs> yeah, if, if he ends up in Belize, something has gone terribly wrong with his a perfect with his storm situation. Well, I was going to say, if you get down there, you could go try some lionfish. You know, I do but really want to eat lionfish now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like what, where are you going? Uh, we're going down to Cozumel right. and you going Cabo. to Cuba. Oh, Cosmel and Cabo. Okay, I tell I you, so. Jimmy, if you've never been to Mexico, you should totally check it out. <laughs> it's pretty sick. Yeah, I've heard of it. That's right. It's Good that thing. Have you ever thought about doing like an all-you-can-eat lionfish night in Margaritaville? I've I've always wanted to be an inspirational environmental hero by eating a lot of fish. I'm in. I'm, what I am going to do is go out, and when I get back from. I got to go up and work on the musical. And when I get done with that, I'm going to go out on the boat and with Carlo, my, uh, my, my head chef down there, who's, who kind of started this thing, I'm going to go out and shoot some lionfish with him. And he's going to teach me how to clean them. And then we're going to cook them right there on the boat and then make a video. Please You've be said careful. shoot a couple times now. And yes. I'm wondering spear if guns. you can. Oh, spear guns. Okay. Yes. yes. That makes a lot of sense. Now. Not like shotguns. No, I'm not taking an AR-15 on <laughs> I feel like I feel like if we could rebrand the lionfish because that's what that was I think that's probably my hang up with it is that it sounds dangerous but like I the name the name tuna like and the reason there's only like four tuna left is the name tuna just that name sounds so good right it sounds really tasty and safe and huge and awesome what about so we need, tasty fish tasty, tasty we fish. call it we call it the, the tasty. lionfish tasty there you fish go. Just call it t- and, tasty fish Tasty and, fish. And we changed tuna to big poison monster. <laughs> well, I don't think we need to drag tuna through the mud. No, help. come on. T- yeah, well, come on. Tuna, yeah, tuna, tuna got enough problems here. We got to get, yeah. But uh, tasty fish. Well, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when you go into any restaurant now, they, they're serving you like uh, sea bass. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a complete, uh, that, that's fake fish. Oh. Uh, oh no! Yeah, no. yeah. hamburger. Or, is that yeah, chicken I think they, they serve a lot of it at the White House. Fake fish these days. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's called the. Let's see. It's the it's the toothfish, but it's like the Argentine, the South Atlantic toothfish, and that's what they are. They call it. And, and to your point, nobody's going to eat a toothfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that name, so they just basically renamed them sea bass. Chilean, see, let's do that for lionfish. Sea bass, you know, they're not any bass out there at all. They're toothfish. So the lionfish becomes the temptingly tasty fish. Yeah, totally, go for it. Totally eat that. I, I have uh, I have like a I have a practical question that wasn't sent in by the audience, but it's something that I struggle yes. with every time I go to every time I go to the beach. I always yes. feel and I, I enjoy going to the beach. I always feel like I forgot something. Like I I sh- I could have brought something 
to help me feel more comfortable at the beach like maybe a, a better a better chair so that i'm not mm-hmm. getting all sandy or it's like a sunshade to, to you notice or, that the, the beach has sand on it correct okay, the beach has that. sand on it and it yeah. gets you know it gets all over I'm, I'm curious when you go to the beach which i imagine you do sometimes what do you take with like what do you bring with you what are like your beach <laughs> like survival tools my it, beach survival too. Yeah, like a dr- a drink or a because I feel like or... if I saw Jimmy Buffett at the beach, I would start to get real paranoid to make sure I'm doing everything right and just well, sort of try I bring, to do. What I would bring to the beach is my van that has everything in it. There we go. <laughs> That's so good. Just drive it right onto the beach. <clears throat> drive it. It's four wheel drive. You drive onto the beach and get a van. That's the first thing I do and put all your stuff in it. And they make little vans and big vans. You know, you can get a little Volkswagen van. Four-wheel drive, let a little air out of the tires, put it out on the beach, and there you go. And you can yeah. take everything you want. That's a good solution. That's a good solution. Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to read another audience question. Okay. Several years ago, my sister went to Puerto Rico and brought some home massive avocados. They were yes. the best avocados I have ever had, and the guacamole we made from them has made all the guacamole scents seem like trash. How do I deal with my unreasonably high standards? And that's from Avocado Don't know how to quit you avocado don't well i think the thing of it is is uh i would uh i would kind of research the fact of what's going on in puerto rico in terms of agriculture and and if your avocado groves are a still there and if they're not then i'm sure that there's some people uh there's there's a lot of people doing great things in uh in puerto rico right now i don't i don't know if you ever did you see uh jose reos's piece on 60 minutes the other day about cooking down there if not you should check it out i mean he he literally took the uh, terrible situation was there was and as he said there was food there but people you know they were in charge, didn't know how to do it. He went down and in a matter of two weeks was cooking for 100,000 people a day. It's a pretty amazing story. So there's that kind of, uh, of care and that kind of uh, wanting to help on the ground in Puerto Rico. And I bet you that somebody is reforesting at this moment or else evaluating where those giant, beautiful avocados are. So maybe you want to get involved in... Because the the thing about it is, as disastrous as, as hurricanes are, having grown up in, in in Hurricane Alley on the Gulf Coast and and lived amongst hurricanes, the nature comes back pretty quick in, in the tropics, and it's amazing how fast things uh, grow again. So, there, um, I think your avocados will be back, <laughs> and maybe you could help them get back. And help, you know, Puerto Rico uh, recover and provide yes. any kind of relief that you possibly. It's been, yeah, because yeah. it's been, it's been like a couple of months, but obviously they, they still need help. So this is yes, probably a good time to do. mention like anything you can give to any, any organization that, that sort of, uh, you, yeah, you think can help, you know, like UNICEF yeah. or and uh, I think the Hispanic Federation is yeah. doing a ton of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're doing stuff down there. And, you know, if you can get direct to people that are, you know, like we had our hotel got severely damaged there. So we're basically uh, getting all of our employees back to work, re, you know, cleaning up and getting the hotel back into shape. So, you know, and, and trying to just at that level make sure that everybody has something to do as, 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 as in the process of recovery is going along. 
Jim, we got a lot of different versions of this question, but but uh, this one kind of sums it up. <clears throat> I was I work a fairly standard dead end office job, as you can imagine. <laughs> life within a cubicle can be unglamorous and sometimes stressful. I don't have the time to get away from it all often. Any tips for relaxing and finding my own cheeseburger in paradise in everyday life? And that's from Big Boy Job in Baltimore. Big Boy Job in Baltimore. Hmm. I would. Uh, I'd go find myself a local bar. That's what I would do first. And uh, they probably had good crab cakes in it. Mm-hmm. And I know, some, I know some of those exist in Baltimore. And, uh, and just the other thing to do I mean, if you're, is to get outside a little more, even if it's cold or even if it's, if it's not pouring down rain, just to get out and walk around without sunglasses or any glasses on about 45 minutes a day. It kind of recharges your batteries. What about corrective glasses, like for bad vision? uh, Just take them off and try not to walk in traffic while you're using your phone. Okay. Okay. Do you feel a lot of pressure to always be the calmest person in the room in your in your day to day life? I feel like if if I was no. doing something, I saw Jimmy Buffett stressed out. I'd probably flip my shit. Honestly, is Jimmy Buffett mad? <laughs> okay. Oh God, Jimmy, get out of here. Jimmy Buffett's not calm. None of us can be calm right now. We all have to freak out. There are days, let's say, that I, well, I, I get attentive, okay? I don't know if I would. <laughs> that's, that's the top of the scale. <laughs> yeah, t- t- being, very, being rather attentive to a situation might get at the top of the scale there, you know? But I've had a few close calls, and it's either I'm either still supposed to be here or, I, uh, or I, you know, I'm making up for lost, lost time because I should not be here or I'm supposed to be here. So either way, I'm still glad I am here. And uh, I'm not on the front nine anymore. So I think the older you get, um, all the stresses of life seem to, to go away because you don't have a lot of time to deal with that shit, you know. So why not go out and try to enjoy every day you got and not let everything get you down? Jimmy, uh-huh. the last time you went to the doctor, was your blood pressure four? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, tell you, I got my Apple Watch on. I'll tell you what it is right now, okay? You want to know that? I actually uh, am really curious. I'm super curious what your blood pressure is. Get a blood pressure check. <laughs> Get okay, a pulse here, rate it's check. measuring now. This is my, okay. Let's see here. Uh, it's uh, 54 beats a minute. Wow, really? That's amazing. amazing. That's your, your resting heart rate is like 88 on a That's good insane. day. What's yours? What's yours now? I'm uh, I'm at 99. That's rough. I'm 99. I'm at I'm at I almost have two Jimmy Buffett hearts inside of me. <laughs> I'm I'm at 86, but I'm also recording a podcast with Jimmy Buffett, so I feel like I'm allowed to kind of do whatever my heart's going to do. Have a heightened do. state. Okay, Where? so you uh, wait. This podcast is making your blood pressure rise. That's it's, cool. That's All it's right. yeah. It's about the most stressful thing that I do. Believe yeah. it or not. <laughs> It's, it's really cool and full as that is. It's really cool and killing all three of us. I think you're holding it together pretty well. I do. Thanks. Well, where, this is the closest we get to physical labor. Yeah, so. this is the hardest. Yeah. Um, where would you rate on a scale of very chill to attentive uh, creating a musical based on your music, Escape to Margaritaville, which just finished. It's, uh, it was, it's about to wrap up, I guess. Yeah. Tomorrow it's, it's run in Chicago and then it's moving to Broadway mm-hmm. middle of february how how sort of stressful was that or was that more of a, a joyful thing or how to, how was that for you it's you know it's a bit of yin and yang there because of course it's a it's a dream come true and i've, I've always loved musical theater and the actual uh 
the actual fact that it's happening. I mean, as I've been to shows, you know, we've been in La Jolla, New Orleans, Houston, now in Chicago. I sit out there in the audience. I love watching the audience because I don't get out there that much. And I love that this show really entertains them. And I, I get a big kick out of watching people enjoy the show. And I, and I have to pinch myself to believe that this is actually happening. We're going to Broadway. And then, um, I mean, and Justin, you, you were there. When when your good friend Lin Manuel Miranda brought you to the show, and then he, we get up, how do you think I felt when he came out? And we did Margaritaville. I go, God, this is cool. But I got a little over than attentive. I got excited yeah. <laughs> when Lin Manuel came on the stage. Yes, I did. Which show do you think is better, Escape to Margaritaville or Hamilton? And this is the question that is on oh my everyone's God. lips. Oh, God. Okay. Well, let's just say this. I like them both, but uh, nobody gets killed in Margaritaville. And, well, they, and, they, and they don't drop any beach balls on you in Hamilton. Well, so, <laughs> you know, so you don't, I don't know. It's different. Hey, very you different know, it no, but you know, when we did it that day, Justin, I thought it was pretty cool to go get a history lesson and get them. Hell, I was crying at the end of Hamilton, and that's about the eighth or ninth time I've seen it, you know? When, who's tell you, when Who Tells Your Story comes on, they got me again. I mean, that's what's great about it. But, you know, get a history lesson in the afternoon and, you know, and feel like you've gone to group therapy and then go get a drink, go to Margaritaville. It's perfect. It's a great day in if Chicago, I, if, I think. If I could live that day every There's day. There's only two more of them, you know, <laughs> but you'll be able to do it in New York because we're right down the street from them in New York, too. Perfect. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Buried Treasure Volume 1 is in stores now. Uh, mm -hmm. Escape to Margaritaville moving to Broadway mid-February. You can go get tickets. Uh, escape to Margaritaville.com, I believe, is the Escape to Margaritaville musical.com. Yeah. Interest to get those. And oh, you know what else is coming up too? That's going to be kind of fun. The uh, the new Avengers working movie. with the Eagles, working with the Eagles the next summer. Ah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Those tickets are out on sale now. I've I've known about it for a while. It it doesn't come as a surprise for me because. I've, I've known about it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's going to be cool because, you know, I, I kind of got my big break opening for the Eagles way back when uh, for the um, Hotel California tour. And we became great friends and they were very instrumental in me making a, a big leap. And so uh, it's going to be we, we haven't played together since then. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. And I think we're doing we're doing with them. We're doing Miami, Orlando, uh Minneapolis, going to Minneapolis, Denver. Love and Minneapolis. And I think San Francisco. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, next time you make it out to Cincinnati, I know I will, uh, I'll be there. If you want to pick me out of the crowd, I'll be the uh, middle-aged guy in a Hawaiian shirt. So if you see that, that's me in, in the crowd I've out seen there. Like, you know, I've seen like three people in Cincinnati dressed like that. So. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me what color your shirt is? Because there will probably be I'm two the other people. With, I'm the one with the huge muscles. Huge yeah. muscles, huge, huge muscles, huge glistening muscles, glistening in the sun. <laughs> huge glistening muscles. Mm -hmm. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, okay, that's got me. It. Got it. I'm gonna uh, be looking for. You. I'm gonna try to throw a pick in your direction. <laughs> you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to really chuck it because I usually end up towards the back. But I'll try. Well, you'll be on the lawn. You're gonna be up front. The party's on that's the lawn. Fun. Come on. I know that. I know that. Yeah, I've uh, been out there. Jimmy, b before we let you go, I just wanted to thank you for uh, the most chill My Brother, My Brother and Me segment in the history of our podcast, I feel like. The most relaxing uh, segment we've we've ever had on the show. 
Well, well, man, you're saying I made podcast history today? There it is. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, because I know a lot of people listen. So, and you, yeah, I know there's a reason to listen, because you guys are good. All right. Well, we can finally give you your big break, Jimmy, and really get your name (laughs) out there. I've been looking for that thing. Yeah. So so thanks for allowing me to have my big break. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. right. Thank you, Jimmy. Okay, guys. Have a great holiday. Come see us. Okay. Fins up. Bye-bye. Thank you to everybody uh, who, thank you to Jimmy Buffett, I guess, especially for for, uh, coming on and doing our show. Uh, One other uh, quick thing I wanted to mention. I have one other small thing. Um, uh, Candle Night's show went on sale, sold out. Thank you so much uh, to everybody who who got tickets. Can't wait to see you. If you didn't get tickets or even if you did. Uh, and you want to do something else this Candle Nights season. Um, Big Brothers Big Sisters of South Central West Virginia uh, works with uh, a lot of LGBTQ youth in our area. And because of that work, they lost $80,000 in donations because... Uh, people are assholes. Ha- because people are assholes. But you, we're not, and more importantly, you're not. So we're trying to make up the gap. All the money from the show is is being donated to them. Uh, but uh, my sister-in-law, Riley, is also organizing a fundraiser with us uh, that is uh, Be a Candle Night Star. So basically, for five bucks or more, if you can afford it, that would be great, uh, you can get a star on the Candle Nights tree. And that'll be up at our show uh, this December. And uh, all the profits for that, you can personalize your own star. And all the profits for that are going to go to... Uh, are going to go to uh, uh, the the Big Brothers Big Sisters of South Central West Virginia. So, if you could uh, do that, it's uh, bit.ly forward slash mbmbamstars, uh, and uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, uh, t- two more quick things: um, PodCon is is this weekend. Um, hopefully, you've heard about it before now. But if you haven't, in Seattle, December 9th and tenth, uh, there's a podcast convention with. Uh, my brother, my brother, and me. Ninety nine percent invisible. Uh, welcome to Night Vale. Last name basis. Uh, and also some like great guests are going to be there. Pondonard Charla is going to be there. Gabby Dunn's going to be there. Um, I think Hal Lublin's going to be there. And oh, they got can- Hal. Yeah, got Hal. Um, and you can attend. You can come for just a hundred dollars. And even if you're not in the area, there is a thirty dollar remote attendance option. That's like being there, but you don't have to travel for it for just 30 bucks. Um, what a miracle. I know. And not only were we doing My Brother, My Brother and Me there, uh, there's going to be a bunch of other events that we pop our heads into and, and, and do. So. I'm moderating a panel about collaborative storytelling with some folks from Night Vale and Black Tapes and a couple other shows that I'm pretty excited about. So that'll be something I've never moderated yeah. before. It's going to be great. So you can check that out at podcon.com. P-O-D-C-O-N dot com. That's this weekend. So, like, don't wait on that. And get your questions in if you're going to be there for the My Brother, My Brother and Me show. Please, we um, need those. And one more quick plug. I was on Hello from the Magic Tavern this week, um, which was an absolute dream of mine. It's one of my favorite podcasts. If you haven't checked it out, it's one of, I think, the funniest, most inventive podcasts on, on like, in existence right now. Um, and I got to be on it, and I played a character named Chest Trunkborn, and you boys would be proud of me. I did my character voice through the whole episode. Good boy. So good. Um, and like I said, that's Hello from the Magic Tavern, um, and I was on it this week, and it was super fun. It, it was a great time. Uh, uh, and, and Paul Saborin makes a couple cameos in there, too, so go I, check it out. I, 
I want to say I'm sorry about all the plugs, but this time, and I know that's annoying, so thank you for hanging in there with us. A lot of it is charity, and I'm not going to apologize for that. You're all good people, and I know everybody is looking for opportunities to make the world slightly better, so apologies about that. Just kind of a confluence of everything happening all at once, you know, in the year. A lot year. of plates spinning. Uh, a lot of plates spinning. It'll be so. So, thank you for indulging us. We really yeah, and you. it's not fucking over yet because I want to thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of oh, our theme song. Shit. It's a departure off the album "Putting the Days to Bed." Very good album. Very wintry. Uh, don't sleep on one Christmas at a time. The John Roderick Jonathan Colton uh, Christmas album. That's also very good. Would Would you like me to sing the title track? Uh, yes, right now. One Christmas at a time. That's it. And thank, you, and thank you to MaximumFun.org for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org, check oh, out yeah. a bunch of great podcasts there. Or if you want to hear other stuff we do, you can go to MacroyShows.com. Let's end the program. Hell yeah. Thanks to James Buffett. Go see Escape to Margaritaville. Thank you, James. And and buy Buried Treasure Volume 1. Got to. Uh, this one was also sent in by Seth Carlson, the delivery man with the hat trick. Thank you, Seth. It's Yahoo Answers user. Uh-oh. Daughter Reponymous. Daughter Eponymous asks, why is, I'll try to stress the all caps words in here. Why is our government and others hiding the truth about giants? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. And this is my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad. Square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. MaxFunCon tickets are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Watch stand-up comedy on a mountain. Roll out of bed after a dance party to see a live podcast taping. Take classes from amazing teachers with the most supportive group of people you'll ever meet. Make a bunch of friends and eat a ton of s'mores. Come to MaxFunCon at Lake Arrowhead, California the second weekend of June for friendship, comedy, and creativity. Get your ticket now at maxfuncon.com.